Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today we're doing something a little different. You know, we, we have the opportunity to interview a lot of thought leaders, people who've done great work in, in, in business and in life, and, and this guy has certainly done just that, but he also has become a, a close personal friend in a pretty short amount of time. So assist Brad Lominick, Ryan Leak, Tyler Dickerhoof, thank you for introducing me to the one who is Chad Johnson. Um, and, and before we dive into conversation with Chad, I want to tell you a little bit about Chad. Uh, Chad's married to Emily. They have two beautiful daughters, one on the way. Chad currently serves as um, chief of staff to John Maxwell. And when I, when I think about Chad and who he is, and John Maxwell described him this way, he said, Chad is a, a king maker. He's got a servant's heart. Uh, he's a visionary incredibly gifted communicator, strong values. He is a, a dad, a husband, a believer, a thought leader. Um, and today he becomes a, a podcaster mm-hmm. on the Montgomery Companies podcast. So Chad, man, just a, what a gift it is to know you. Um, you represent the, the, in my opinion, the best leadership brand in the entire world. And in so many ways, you, you get to be on the front lines of, of developing leaders, helping leaders grow. And so Man, to have you with us is is an honor. So thanks, thanks for being here. Man, are you kidding me, Jordan? It's an honor to to be a part, man. My wife doesn't or has never given me an intro even as good as that, man. So I, I'm appreciative, man. You're at the top of the list these days. So yeah, it's been it's been a joy truly to get to know you. And again, I love the shout outs you gave of people that have brought you and I to the table together and just excited for uh, what we get to do together. And it's an honor to serve your audience today. What a great audience you have. And uh, I'm leaning in with you and hopefully going to add some some value today. Well, we, we were joking offline that this is sort of like becoming the the second iteration of Maxwell, the, the watered down version of the Maxwell Leadership Podcast between you and Mark Cole and Jeff Henderson and Tim Elmore and all the thought leaders from Maxwell Leadership that have, you know, are part of all that John's doing, all that you're doing together. Uh, it, it's been fun, man, to tap into, yeah. to tap into that. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing what uh, strong values-based leaders, you know, they attract each other. And uh, mm. you're, you're one of those truly, Jordan. And it's, I know every one of our thought leaders under Max Leadership has thoroughly enjoyed the interaction. You're such a great question asker. Uh, and, and you're also just, you pull the best out of people. And so just thank you for that. It's been an honor to have so many featured on here and uh, what a, what an incredible uh, resource you have available for so many leaders. It's, it's awesome. <clears throat> well, the only thing I wish people could see, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a video clip here. We usually chop up a couple clips for social media, yep. but if you were with us right now, you would see that my guy, Chad Johnson, who is not from the great state of Iowa, but is now living in Iowa is in bright white Hawkeye gear with the tiger Hawk logo. My man is, I forgot to include that in your intro. You are becoming, you were in the process of becoming, becoming. Conversion, transformation, transformation a lot, man. It's, <laughs> it's happening to me in the sports world. I told Jordan on the front end of this when we were just having some small talk that uh, this is more of a state statement. I have moved to the great state of Iowa three months ago uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, after 20 years there. And so I'm moving towards the team statement, although it shows that I'm a team statement today with what I'm wearing. But this is this is the Iowa State moving, transforming Come on. to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Come on, man. Come <laughs> on. Well, listen, so you can't use that to answer the first question because um, I, I want to dive right. I want to give people yeah. the, the inside scoop on Chad Johnson. People know you as a as a visionary and they know you as, as part of the Maxwell Leadership brand. 
Uh, but give us something that most people would would be surprised to know about Chad Johnson. Yeah, I'll give you uh, two things real quick, and I'll be quick on both of them. But one is that I majored in accounting, which if you That's knew me, wild. that'd be hard to believe just because I, I do have a high level of relationship uh, competency to me. And uh, to be an accountant with a pencil in hand and crunching numbers is unique. And uh, just a funny story, I spent two years in private tax and audit uh, and was doing an audit at NASA in Yorktown, Virginia, two years into my career as culture calls it. This is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Where it dawned on me, I was, I was actually with a clipboard in hand, counting meat slabs and cheese slabs in a meat locker to report back for my audit where the light bulb moment came on for me, Jordan. I said, this is no longer the direction I'm moving. I'm going to transition out. And just, just some leadership lessons learned in that moment, Jordan, was I really believe that what you are not called to can sometimes be a gateway to what you are called to. And that was mm. that moment for me. Mm. And we talk about it in Maxwell Leadership, that there's a success cycle. It's, it's mm. test, fail, learn, improve and re-enter and and even this accounting career that i was moving toward maybe this will encourage somebody that's kind of testing some things right now you test fail but then there's that learn improve process that we sometimes mm. negate and we just move from test fail to re-enter and we don't we don't experience that learn and improve and for me i learned and improved that this wasn't the career path i wanted to go down and uh and so my improvement was a buddy of mine told me then at the time who john maxwell was which i didn't even know who john was which is surprising to me as i look back at that but i actually picked up an internship program moving from virginia where i was living in the accounting world to atlanta georgia knowing nobody there and it was the greatest season of growth for me underneath Enjoy and John Maxwell at that time, where I started as an intern and really moved my way, that's a story for another day, into the chief of staff, just over 20 years of time, really built on service. And so mm. it was against the traditional culture, uh, head down job in accounting that had made that shift. Um, but I really believe, and you've heard this before, Jordan, too, that everything you want and desire is outside of our comfort zone. And for me, mm. the comfort was accounting the comfort was staying in that job making a good, good paycheck and, and i moved to an internship where we literally got paid peanuts mm. uh, literally i think we were given a macbook computer when we got there and that was about it uh, for a year-long commitment but it was the greatest growth season of life for mm. me during that stretch and look at the opportunity that's afforded me now the second thing i'll say jordan mm. I'll, I'll, while paul's right there is there <laughs> no it's good keep going man keep going number two the second the this second fun the thing second about Chad. This is, this is pretty unique. Um, I've actually summited Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, oh, no for way. Those, for those that don't know, Kilimanjaro is uh, one of the seven summits in the world. It's the tallest mountain on the African continent. It's the highest freestanding mountain mm. in the world. Uh, and the story around that is, uh, this was this was probably actually eight or nine years ago. Um, I actually, they, they say that if you summit in days, you have that percentage of time to actually make the summit without altitude sickness, health mm. challenges, meaning if we summit and we summited and tried to summit in five days, they say you have a 50% chance of making it based on your body acclimating to the conditions. And, and sure enough, there was six of us and only three of us summited. And I was fortunate to be one of those, but man, it was grueling and it wow. was brutal. This isn't, this isn't Everest, but it's definitely uh, a hey. challenging, challenging terrain. 
Big um, time. So yeah, yeah, big time. And the lessons I learned, Jordan, in that were um, you're more capable than than you ever realized. And and it's this mm-hmm. mental strength that I know you know from the sports background you're a part of that that we all have to have and push through times. And 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 I'm I'm a person of faith. I know you are too, Jordan. And and um want to want to want to honor obviously your audience here. But there was there was a song like during the the summit on that Saturday morning. We woke up at midnight during blizzard conditions and did a six hour summit because you want to get up there when sunrise is coming up because then you got to summit back down. You're only up there for a limited time because of oxygen and all the challenges that it presents for your body. And so there was a song for me and it was Chris Tomlin and it was a song called No Turning Back. And there's some lyrics in there that say, um, you know, I will follow you. No turning back, no turning back. This is my heart cry. Though none go with me, the cross before me, the world behind me, I will follow you. No turning back, no turning back. And for me, I was looking back down this mountain as I was going Mm. up and I was just taking it step by step. And that song was in my AirPods just playing over and over again on repeat, saying no turning back, Chad, no turning back. You can do this. Mm. You can do this. And that was kind of my anthem as we 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 push through it. And, And I really believe my wife and I have navigated this with kid life. Jordan, I know you have too. even marriage. But there's refinement periods of our life um, that actually are really good. And you learn to even crave refinement because you know it's going to push you to growth and further greater fulfillment. It purges out the selfishness of who we are. And Mm. and that was an incredible growth opportunity for me. Um, I love the Robert Frost quote that I know you've heard and probably your listeners have too, but two roads diverge in a wood, woods. And I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And I think we as leaders have an opportunity in our life to choose hard, to choose the opportunity for growth. It's not always um, sexy or exciting, but man, it can make a world of difference and honestly brings true great fulfillment to who we are as Mm. leaders in everything we do. So good, man. Well, first off, we forgot to acknowledge that you are an athlete, former college basketball player. I now know professional climber. Uh, hey, I, I wouldn't is, give me too much credit there. That's the last <laughs> hey, summit I've done. That's before. a big deal, man. That's a big deal. That That is more, I climbed a hill one time <laughs> in Tiffin, Iowa, and that was difficult for me. So Hills in um, Iowa, those exist, Jordan? Hills in Iowa, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't do the big hills, just the just the, small, just the smaller ones, yeah. Um, and I love that you're always looking for the lesson. So again, I, I just want our audience to hear this as we dive into some leadership conversation. Like, like Chad, you, you, have, you have walked with with the giants of, of leadership, you know, the, the titans of uh, speaking, writing, um, uh, and, and living it out, right? I mean, you're a part of an organization that doesn't just talk it, you, you walk it. I've been able to experience that firsthand, just being around you and John and, and Mark. Um, John's got this famous question that he always, ask is, he always asks, and I love it. It's become a, one of my favorite questions, and it's, what is the greatest leadership lesson you've ever learned. And so as we dive into some conversation around leadership, I thought it'd be appropriate to start with, with that question. Um, what is the greatest leadership lesson you've, you've ever learned? Such a great question. And I would say to sum it up simply, um, it's the power of borrowed belief. I've always told my team and even my family that if I could put a tattoo, I don't have a tattoo yet, but maybe I need to get it after this podcast. But if I got one, it would probably be right here on my wrist and it would say the word belief. Because I really believe, Jordan, that it's the greatest gift you can offer to another leader or person. I think for you, I know you can look back in your sports journey and everything you've been a part of. And there are people that have said, I believe 
in Jordan Montgomery. There's people that have said, I believe in Chad Johnson and even taking a moment to reflect of who those people are. Uh, an example for me is coach John Scorzone. He was my senior year of high school and he looked at me as the leader on the men's basketball team. And he said, you're the leader of this team. Not only are you the captain with the C on your Jersey, but our team goes how you go. Like you're, you're the catalyst. You're the spark plug. The potential for greatness is wrapped up in you. How are you going to maximize this opportunity and lead our team to victory and mm. success? And we had the best year in, in school history and won the won the conference title, lost in the state tournament. But we just had an a, a, a incredibly producing year. Uh, and the other person for me is Mark Cole. You've had mm. him on this podcast. He's our CEO of Maxwell Leadership. But the, the, the character traits he instilled in me of trust, of exposure to environments and rooms mm. much, much bigger than me the belief he put in me, but the intentionality around my growth, my development. And then the third one I would say is, is Richard Chancy. And this is even gets me a little emotional talking about it because he passed away just two or three years ago at the age of young age of 48 um, and, and had one daughter, but he sent me a book uh, four months before he passed away, not knowingly he was going to pass away, obviously. Um, and it was a book called strong fathers and strong daughters. And Jordan, you have, daughters. I have soon to be a third daughter. And um, I just love what he put in. And I'm going to hold this up for those that are viewing. But if, if not online, uh, listening in, it's it's he sent me this book. And inside it says on the front cover, CJ, you're already a strong father. Hope this makes you stronger. Love you, brother, Richard Chancy. And he even put the date, July 22nd, 2019. And I mean, I've, I've read this book, I've devoured it because it's, it's a legacy he's left in me. And this is really instilled in me to go pursue my daughters, my girls, the way that I think we were intended to do so with intentionality. And, and so I, I give credit to Richard for believing in me that I am a strong dad. I am a good dad. And yeah. so the two questions I would even ask maybe your, your, your listeners here today is, and, and this was a conviction for me, is who do you need to thank for believing in you? Um, and, and who comes to mind when you hear about so good. Coach John Scorzone, Mark Cole, and Richard Chancy? And then my second question is, who are you modeling belief to in your life? Like, who are you giving back to? Who, who are you cascading that belief, that power, that that strength to in your life as well? So those those would be um, you know, that that's one one piece. I, I, has, I always try to exceed expectations. Probably John Maxwell has taught me this too much, but. A second greatest would be, and then I'll be a little quick here, Jordan, but this so is good. serve serve, so and un, serve and unconditionally love people. I, I mm. We've probably heard that too much to where it's almost a cliche, but man, if we live that out, it changes the landscape of our lives and, and find the good in others, help others get what they want. I've found that to be true in my life for 20 years. I feel like I've helped mm. others get what they want, which not that it should be a byproduct of why you help others, but naturally you get what you want. Like the desires of your heart come out too. And then the, the third piece of that in serving unconditional love people is be extravagantly generous. You do this so well, Jordan, just with your time, your resources, uh, but you always find more fulfillment, more joy. And it's the greatest way to live is being extravagantly generous to others. Mm. So I just want our, our audience to hear that you're living those things out. Um, we had a chance to spend some time together in Des Moines, and I go back to this comment that John made about you. You know, he called you a, a kingmaker. And so you're, you're living this stuff out, man. And I watch the way that you 
cared for others and served others, um, cared for John, cared for us, uh, your intuition, your, your self-awareness, like you're, you're living this stuff out. And I, I go back to Mark Cole's comment that he, that he made to me, which I know is something that, that you live out as well, is, is figure out what the leader's agenda is and make it your agenda. Mm-hmm. And I just think, man, you've made, you've made John's agenda your agenda. You've, you've made the agenda that other people have your agenda for a season. And I think it's why so many doors have opened for you relationally and why opportunity continues to abound. So number one, it's the right thing to do. Number two, I think it, it's how you grow in your influence and how, it's how you continue to impact people. And then your comment about, you know, believing, I think leadership is a transfer of belief. Mm-hmm. And John's famous quote is people will go farther than they think they can when someone else thinks they can. And, and, and you've done that for me too. So appreciate the lesson shared. What are you learning now, man? You're, you're, you're going yeah. a million miles a minute. You just went through this huge transition in life, move into the great state of Iowa. Um, what are you learning now in your leadership journey? Man, that's a great question. There's so much I could I could probably lean into, but if I was to say like the one thing that is really um, on my heart and on my mind, it's the importance of desire and that's our heart. And I want to break that down a little bit. And there's, there's a couple quotes that I keep near and dear to my heart. Um, one is a scripture verse, and it states, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Um, another quote, desire both the whispers and the shouts is the map we have been given to find the only life worth living. And another one, our desires, if we will listen to it, will save us from committing soul suicide, the sacrifice of our hearts on the altar of getting by and um, there's there's this kind of cliche that you know a lot of a lot of cars these days would have bumper stickers on there that would say life sucks and then you die. Uh, and a lot of people live their life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think because uh, they go through the rhythms of hey we feed the dog we pay the bills we watch the news and the sports that we get involved with and we head off to bed and so then we can just do it all over again. And I I really believe that if you pay attention to desires what what are our true desires and i have some practical questions that i ask myself to hopefully help your listeners identify their desires because it does take some time and reflection but i think that changes everything if we live from the 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 core of our desires in life and we really identify those it changes everything it changes our family it changes our marriages it changes how we raise our kids it changes on the business decisions we make it changes on the people we decide to partner with and, and these key questions that I would challenge, it really stems from what do you really want for dot, dot, dot? What do you really want for your life? What do you really want for your marriage? Or if you're single, Jordan, those that may be listening in, <clears throat> your dating life, or maybe it's your future wife. What do you really want for your mission and future adventure with your wife, with your spouse? What do you really want for your role as a father, your net worth? How much is your thought life ruled by if I only had more? What kind of man do you want to be or woman do you want to be? Write in the adjectives that describe that exact person. And, and then when you die, what do you, what do you hope those close to you would say about you at your funeral? We've heard that question before, but really taking time to analyze it. And what would you want your friends to say? What would you want your wife to say? What would you want your sons and daughters to say? That's another deeper level that you can go into. And so desire for me, 
um, it's the overflow. Everything else from desire is the overflow. I really believe wow. that that's a piece. And, and a second thing I would say is the rule of five. And you may have heard this from John before, John Maxwell before, but what are your unique God-given everyday strengths that we all live from? And John always gives the example of if there's a tree outside your house and you have an ax and every day you come out and you strike that tree in the same exact spot five times every day, what's eventually going to happen to the tree? It's going to fall down. The tree will eventually fall. And so I love John Maxwell. He is the guru, the goat, the greatest of all time in consistency and the compounding effect of it. And his rule of five, just so you have context there, and I'll give you mine. Uh, it's it's every day I read, every day I write, every day I file, every day I think, and every day I ask questions. And so good. I love can you that. say? Can you say it again? Can uh, go back yep. it? His John's are every day I read, every day I write, every day I file, every day I think. And every day I ask questions and all of those can be broken down into, I mean, read and write are pretty simple, but every day and, and he, people here gets asked the question all the time. What do you mean by every day, John? He's like, I mean, every day, like every day I do this and it's not, Hey, you got to do it for an hour. Hey, you got to do it for four hours. It's like every day, making sure you have these habits in place that over time, there, time, there will be a compounding effect of the consistency put into each of those God given strengths and talents. And so uh, a pro tip to one thing I've learned from John is in the filing side that I think is um, I've translated into modern terms because John used to have the old filing cabinets and all that stuff. He does it now on his iPad. He's updated to the technology times. But uh, for me, uh, if if Jordan, if you send me an article and an email or I and, and, and there's a theme to it, like, for example, example, maybe it's a culture article, how to be a, how to how to live out a great culture. Well, I have now a file folder of value adds. And underneath that file folder in my Outlook, I actually label and I have hundreds of topics that from every article I will get or every email I would get or every link to a video I would get, I categorize those in a file. So I can quickly, mm. if somebody's emailing me and it has nothing to do with Maxwell Leadership and, and I get off a call with them and I know they've wrestled with something in culture, man, I can go find that file and say, hey, check this article out, it may help you. So that's just a quick pro tip mm. that may help people as they as they navigate through it. M my rule of five are encourage, serve, lead, believe, and fight. Encourage, serve, lead, believe, and fight. And, fight. and you've already heard a little Love bit it. of me talking about the power of belief, but, and I have a tagline beside each. I'll just give one as an example, like for encourage. I'm a big encourager. It's just a natural gift you of are. mine. I, this unconditionally, and so beside that I have unconditionally love. If they breathe, they need encouragement. You know, so it's in every one of those, I have kind of a, a little more descriptive breakdown of each of those. So find your rule of five. I guess I would encourage everybody on here listening to go through this exercise. What, what are the five things you need to do every day that lean into your passion and your giftedness? What are those five things? And even ask those closest to you if they're accurate. Like find, they'll help you fine tune it. Do you see these in me? Are these accurate in me? And then keep them in front of you every day would be the next the next thing. Um, I, I got to state this only because it it's so um, simple, but yet it's been a game changer for me. And I, I, I know you do this so well, Jordan. Too, I know with kids it's a little unique, but the 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 thought of don't give away your mornings. Mm. That thought came to me from Chris Hodges and Craig Rochelle. So good, and and I really believe that. 
your morning routine is the most critical part of setting the tone for your day. Mm. And I wouldn't give it away. Honestly, I don't do breakfast meetings. I, I love meeting with people, but I try to carve them out for lunch. I do workouts at lunch. I don't do my workouts in the morning uh, just because I want to, what my day looks like is so important. And, and, and let me just give you a practical example. I'm up by 6 a.m. I'm not, I'm not in the fives like probably Jordan is. Um, 6 a.m. is my start time. I don't keep my phone at my bed. It's distractions. It allows me to read more before I go to bed and actually have reflective thinking when I wake up in the morning instead of going straight to my phone. Mm. I, I Simple things. I do push-ups before I get in the shower in the morning just to get the blood flowing. A, a doctor even said, hey, just do 20, 25 push-ups. Do, start there and, and do that before when you get up in the morning. It'll jumpstart your day with just the blood flow. Now, I get ready for the day. I head to the office. I actually read every morning. Um, I'll show it on the screen, but I have this laminated card that says every morning motivation. And I actually stole this a little bit from Craig Rochelle, uh, but it's it's a statement that I read to myself every morning I come in. Uh, and, and it states, I declare, this is, this is a little faith-centric, so please bear with me here, Jordan, too. Come on. Yeah, tell. But, but I declare Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. I love people, and I believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Mm. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I develop leaders. It's not something I do. It's who I am. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I love my job. It's not just a job. It's a calling. I will bring my best and then some. I love this statement. It's what I do after I bring my best that makes the difference. The world will be different and better because I served Jesus today from a spiritual perspective. And so mm. that's something I read. Then I do journal time for 10 to 15 minutes. And inside that journal time, I have reflection on yesterday, forgiveness of myself from yesterday on things I probably too hard on myself about. Then I ask questions of what is true of me mm. uh, that gives me that identity. And then what do you have for me today is a question I actually send back to God from a spiritual perspective for him to give me guidance and wisdom on. I typically read a book for 10 minutes that just gives me insight and articles and things that I can kind of chew on. Mm. I look at my calendar for the day for meetings, preparation if needed, it kind of falls into that time. And then I, then I respond to emails and text messages and I go through that, that uh, kind of um, rhythm of, Hey, what's urgent and important first mm. Mm-hmm. And then I move to what's important, but not urgent if if times allow. And so that's kind of my rhythm. That's a little more practical and a little uh, probably more in depth than you wanted, Jordan. But um, hopefully that gives the listeners a little bit of how they can create and protect their mornings as a, a key piece of their leadership. So I should have said this at the top of our conversation. This is this is one of the podcast episodes that you have to listen to on one times speed. <laughs> so if, if you're like me, I always speed things up. I'm a one and a half times, try to get through a little quicker. This is a, this is a one timer. This is a go back and listen to it again. Um, that last five minutes was just straight gold. And, and I'm, I like goosebumps, man, as you shared that, what you're, what you're reading out loud, that affirmation. Um, I'm going to have to have you share that with me. That was, so, that was so good. Uh, the, you, the word, I have a few extra laminated because those that are really resonate. So good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so good. 
that the the word that hit me though is is you're sharing all of this chat is intentionality you know and and I know you're intentional because your 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 values are clear when your values are clear decisions are easy so you're 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 navigating your day with some sense of ease and clarity because your your values are clear here's what someone is thinking as they're listening to this someone's thinking oh my gosh you know Chad's got all that figured out he's got great clarity great intentionality getting all this done in a day man I just I'm just challenged right now. I got this thing over here and I got, I got this other thing. My world's chaotic. What, what do you see? Let, let's talk challenges and opportunities. What, what do you see some of the, the greatest challenges facing leaders today? And then conversely, what are some of the greatest opportunities yeah. facing, facing leaders today? And I love these questions, Jordan. They're so good. And I, I... I feel like I could talk for for a while on it. We're gonna have to. We're gonna bring you back, man. We gotta, <laughs> we're doing part two, just so you know. So I mean, this is it's, it's already it, happening. They're just yeah, honestly. John wrote that book. Good good leaders ask great questions, and you're you're living it out fully right here. So you that's what I said at the top. And you just pull pull great insights out of people. By the way, you ask great questions, and the way you guide people through a process. So um, yeah, I would say greatest challenges facing leaders today. Um, we've lost our way with values. And and what I mean by that, um, I mean, John, John even made a, a statement. He said he's leadership sad mm. and not not John's an opportunistic. He's positive. He's still optimistic about the future, but he's just sad. And all of it centers around losing our way with values and 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 values. I think people get get them confused. Values aren't a spiritual term necessarily. Um, they're not even a political statement. I really believe that if we had Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, and Independents all together in the same room, we could agree on values we want to see in our culture. And I'm talking yes. about values of attitude, priorities, personal growth, work ethic, relationships, integrity, forgiveness, encouragement. I mean, those are values that I think we could all sit down and say, hey, we, we agree we agree on these. Let's let's mobilize people around these values. And so, mm. you know, the question is is do is do we value people? Are we really valuing people? And I I just had this conversation. I'll, I'll it, it's actually closer to home that I'll, I'll lead on to in this in this podcast. But um, it came down to it was a father daughter uh, example, and the father was more concerned about being right than about being in a relationship. Mm. And it dawned on me, I'm like, man, am I so concerned about making a statement and a stance versus having a conversation? Uh, I think social media advocates so much for being right over a relationship, so much for making a statement versus having a conversation. And we fall prey to it. And I, I think for me in raising girls, man, I want my daughters to be able to come communicate to me and have a relationship with me than me mm. having to, you know, come down on them for always being wrong or, or challenging their beliefs. And I, I think the, the, the way to do that is finding common ground. You do it so well, Jordan. Um, where do we have commonalities? Where do we have like interest and desires? Uh, what is good in the other person that you can elevate and connect with? Because I really believe, and I know you know this, there is good in every person. We're designed that way. Like yeah. we are designed with good hearts, like we are. And so mm. that exists in every person. I think we've just lost our way and how we engage. And, you know, I got a number of friends that are African-American and 
for for me during everything that's been going on the last couple of years, it it's really about hey, let's come to the table together and let's figure out how we can how can I learn your journey, your story, your, and so much of it comes around story, history that mm-hmm. we just don't take the time to have a conversation because it provides another level of empathy and compassion and willingness to link arms. Let's go at this together. Let's work together. But it also gives you a, an understanding of curiosity and understanding. And, and mm. that's so important in this space too. And, so you know, to, so, so that's the, that's the heart side. Mm. If, if you want me to talk to what I've learned from just the leadership lens of business, it's really on the hiring, onboarding, and overall culture. I think those are big challenges that everybody's facing. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a blueprint of what I've learned in the last 20 years under Maxwell and Maxwell Leadership and Mark Cole is we, we really, to give some practical insights here, is we hire off of three Cs. We hire off of character, competence, and culture. And your, mm-hmm. your, your Cs may be different, or your, but, but they need to have that core pillar of, of, of value there that I think makes sense. Patrick Lencioni says, hungry, humble, and people smart are, are in, in the ideal team player. But I, I really believe that with us and the way we hire inside of those three C's is we have components of peer, peer-to-peer interviews with hiring candidates. We have direct reports. We have chief of staff for HR. And then we have cross-functional lead team members that actually do the interviewing as well, because we don't want to make the decision in just a one team silo. We want to make sure there's mm. multiple people. And for me as chief of staff, I really interview off of culture. I let the hiring manager, the director hire off of competence. Do they have the skill sets for the job? That's not going to be mm. up to me. That's going to be up to the person hiring for the job because they know the roles and the responsibilities. I, I really believe the statement that those closest to the problem should be the ones solving the problem. So I think it's important in that company space for the hiring manager to do that. And character is something we're kind of all evaluating on as we're going through the interview process, but that may help some people in creating the formula for how they interview and, and how we hire. And then also in the assessment side for hiring, we use strength finders and disc. There's many assessments out there, but I think having an outside third party to verify what you you think you know is important too. Mm. Um, the org chart, man, we're, we're really wrestling with that now currently because we've grown so much, but where you can know where all the players are, their roles, their responsibilities, I think it's so important. And I also think for the job description, we get caught up in that, but what are the clear measurable roles and responsibilities for this hiring and, and make them metric driven? I think we saw fall prey mm. to fluffing up uh, a document that looks good on paper, but doesn't have measurables that actually help the person know how they're winning. And I really believe that's so important in this space that there's only probably three measurables that they need to be targeting over a quarter. And then you check back in after that quarter to say, are those still the same three? Do we need to pull one off, adjust, add more? What's mm-hmm. But really that three measurables is typically what we found to be successful with what somebody can achieve and do um, at scale. And so another piece is the first two weeks, we actually don't let them do what we call level three production work. Uh, John wrote a book, The Five Levels of Leadership. That's a banner curriculum for culture that if you're a listener, go get it, trying to build your culture. It's phenomenal. Level one, just a quick snapshot, Jordan, is position. Your lowest level of influence is through the title that you have. Mm. We say that leadership is influence, nothing more, less, nothing less. Level one 
title is the lowest level of influence. I could be a great chief of staff with a title and lead with power and authority, but only to a certain level. Level two is relationship, it's permission. Do you have the change in your pocket with people that know that you trust them, they trust you because you've spent time with them? So in that first two weeks, we focus on level two, where it's get to know you meetings. You can't produce, you can't go produce, get in meetings where you're producing content or, or, or driving business results. Uh, and we want you to review the content of, of the organization and the vision of the organization. You get to hear from our CEO in a vision caching session of the organization or hear from me as chief of staff. So those are important. And level three is production, which is man, bringing the results, your producer. Level four is reproduction, how you're developing other leaders around you. And then level five is the pinnacle leader, which really means you've lived out those four levels really, really well with excellence to become a pinnacle leader. And that typically happens later on in life. And so, um, you know, we, we model in our culture, especially even when we move after those two weeks of level two permission relationship to level three, we re really model production from an ease into standpoint, which I think we bypass this in culture so quickly because we got a lot to get done, where it's the model of I do as your, your, your leader, you watch, then you go do and I watch and then you do. And that's that's a mentorship mm. model that we've developed that has served incredibly well. But mm. to not bypass that process is so important, I think, for for greater return long term for how you develop your employees. And, and the last piece is everyone on our team has a personal growth plan. We want we want everyone to have personal growth plan in place for themselves. And typically we do that off of it's called a PPF, personal, professional, and financial. What are your goals mm. that you want to accomplish this next year? And, and we help, iron sharpens iron. We help hold each other accountable. And there's some things the company can't fulfill on, but we may know somebody outside of the company that could help them. So how are we leveraging our connections to help better our people through that process? Wow. So those will be some of the challenges. I know you asked for opportunities and I just took a long time on the challenges, but I'm happy to jump <laughs> so into those. <laughs> so good, man. Let's let's go challenges and we want to honor your time too. And I want to end us with a bang. I've got I've got one more question. What what are some of the greatest opportunities facing leaders today? Yeah, I'll be I'll be short and sweet here. I think um one of the greatest opportunities is finding opportunities in the challenges and setbacks. Positivity, positivity and optimism always win. Mm. Um uh, this quote from Abraham Lincoln that my brother-in-law actually sent me, put it on my desk when he was in town. He said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Mm. And I'm like, man, I'm Come like, on. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a lot of creating that we need to do um, when opportunities or when challenges are being faced and, and how do we create and how we get outside the box from what we've been doing for, for quite some time. Mm. And, and what can we learn from this and how, how and where does uh, the opportunity for growth lie in this specific example? And the other side is seeing failure as the gateway to growth. You know this well, but um, the first book I ever read of John's was Failing Forward. And man, that changes your perspective that failure actually is a good thing. And failure actually promotes growth and movement. And there's a quote in the book uh, uh, that John says that failure is simply a price we pay to achieve greatness or to, or to achieve success. Achievers are given multiple reasons to believe they are failures, but in spite of that, they persevere. And this stat line, which is, it blows my mind, so but it's good. so true. The average failure for entrepreneurs is 3.8 times before they finally make it in business. And so often 
man, if we have one failure, we're out, we're moving a different direction versus much less, almost four failures before mm. it finally succeeds. And so um, that, that would be the two things. So good, man. Well, I, I love what John, you know, how he, how he describes it. Failing forward is a choice. He says, you know, everybody says uh, adversity builds character. And I don't think that's true. I think, I think it is true. It becomes true if you choose, you know, to, to fail forward. And, and maybe as John had said it, but do you know that adage of the, that winners lose more than losers lose? That's it. That's um, it. Yeah, man. And and I know you can identify with that. I can I can identify with that. Just there's there's been so much yeah. loss and so much pain. Um, but that's what leads to the good stuff. And you know, John talks about that that famous question, what's the greatest lesson that you've ever learned? And you know, John, why do you ask that? And he says, Well, because every time I ask on the other side of it, somebody tells me about a time they failed. That's right. Time they made a mistake right. and, and and a lesson learned. And so um, and as leaders, we need to yeah. lead out of our failures with our team and be vulnerable because I really believe authenticity is the greatest trust accelerator too. And, yes. and we don't lead out of our failures. It, people just think we got to put together because we got a title and a position. And I'm like, no, like look at the journey, even the 20 year journey of me. Some would say I failed. I was an intern that just, I mean, I, I got coffee for people like, you know, but but there's a season that we go through of failures and testing and trying and risk taking that all successful people have, have, have been a part of. Man, you said authenticity is the greatest trust accelerator. Dude, you're like a walking, like quote (laughs) machine, bro. Yeah, this is, there's so much gold. Who needs John Maxwell when you got Chad (laughs) Chad Johnson, man, this is, this is gold. Um, Hey, let's, let's end with a bang. Uh, We want to, we want to help leaders expand their influence. I know that's part of your, part of your mission. Um, if you had to give leaders listening just a piece of advice on expanding influence, you've done this, you've, you've helped people expand their influence, you've expanded your influence. I think you probably do this, you and your team do this better than maybe anyone in the world. What, what, is, what advice would you give to, to listeners on expanding their, their leadership influence? Yeah, I mean, gosh, these are so simple, but man, they're so foundational. And, and if, we, if applied daily, it, it changes the game. The first one is attitude. And I think every day showing up for others, you, you, you've had Jeff Henderson on this podcast before, but this whole statement of I want to be for others, and that's an attitude, that's a posture, right? So uh, his whole statement and tagline of his book, Know What You're For, is in a hypercritical, cynical world, so much of us are known for what we're against. Let's be a people, let's be a company, let's be a business, let's be a family known for what we're for mm-hmm. and that changes your attitude in how you bring yourself to the table in different environments and so i guess i would challenge the listener to look at your calendar and and who can you add value to today um how can you encourage those you connect with today of those that are on your calendar or those that maybe you're meeting in person who needs an email after a meeting just saying great job, simple, easy touch points. Mm. Who needs a handwritten note? Who needs a book in the mail today? Who needs a pair of noble shoes today? Uh, I mean, listen, listen with curiosity and a willingness to grow. And I think that changes, that's attitude, right? Listening with curiosity and a willingness to grow. That's an attitude posture that changes. The other two quickly, what I'd say is consistency and dependability. Mm. As you know, consistency compounds. We just talked about that with the acts and the rule of five, 
over time. It's one of the greatest attributes I believe a leader can can maintain. And and um, can I rely on you? The dependability. Can I rely on you to get the job done and done with excellence? That's the greatest gift you can give your leader is reliability, dependability, and to do it with excellence time and time again. And then solid foundation. This is a little bit uh, more personal to me, but it deals with identity and purpose. Um, I kind of every year I go away to a men's retreat, break away, cut my phone off. I, I disengage and I really ask God for a new name. Who, who does he say that I am? And typically he gives me a biblical name from the Bible, but sometimes he'll give me a name of a, a movie character. Um, and this year he gave me me too. And I think as a leader, if we can have a solid foundation anchor points of identity and purpose of knowing who we are and however which way you go about getting that. Maybe that's from a mentor that's told you this, your spouse. I, I do it from a combination of stuff, but the main thrust of it comes from my time away. Uh, and, and he gave me the name Abraham this year. I was like, why Abraham? He's like, well, really because of his faithfulness and obedience. And he actually, if you look at his story, I just moved to Iowa. Well, he went and took on new land, walked away with obedience to where God had designed and pushed him towards. So I was like, okay, I can connect with that. I can relate with that. And then he gave me the new Maverick from Top Gun. And I'm like, all right, all right, well, what, what's that about? And and he unfolds like, all right, it's it's the conviction of him. It's the yeah. courage. It's the it's the risk. It's it's actually the wellness and health. Uh, getting back to a, a healthier wellness for me personally. And it's and then it's the pursuit of the beauty. I mean, the emotions he has in that movie of pursuing the beauty. I want to have that same daily desire with my wife, Emily, like, how am I doing that? So all that kind of resonated back. And I think that solid foundation helps you weather the storms, helps you weather the tough conversations and keeps you steady versus uh, up and down. Bro, we've been to church. We went to the, we went to the classroom. Uh, you, you're uh man, just so much wisdom comes out of you, man. And, and, and I love how you communicate, how you share, uh, love your heart. Dude, you you I know that you are you are busy going a million directions, and you just invested an hour and in eight minutes of straight gold, including some of our offline conversations with our community. And we got better, I got better, I got pages of notes. Um, I just I just want to say before I turn you loose, man. Thank you, uh, not just for your time today, but thanks for thanks for who you are, thanks for your heart, thanks for the work that you're doing, thanks for your friendship, um, thanks for being in Iowa, man. Uh, you you are you are you are changing lives and. God's not done with you. His His hand is all over your your leadership, uh, your your character, and you've been faithful, man. So um, just want you to know, like uh, we we joke a lot, and and you and I talk a lot, but I'm locking arms with you. Um, proud to call you a friend, and yeah. Uh, and and yeah, man. For from all of us at the at the Montgomery Companies, we just want to say thanks for thanks for your friendship. It's truly an honor, Jordan. Seriously, I, I couldn't have uh, crafted a better uh, person to be connected to in the state of Iowa, but even nationally, even globally, um, you're, you're a godsend to me. And I'm so excited about what we get to do together. And thank you again for the opportunity to be in front of your audience and hopefully add a little value today, but uh, it's such a gift. And uh, thank you for letting me pour out. Uh, that's mm. That's been something that's been on my heart, chances to do that. And you've afforded me that chance today. So I'm grateful. Well, bro, we're going to do it again. Part two. We're, 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 we're coming back at it. If, if you'll be on, we're bringing part two, Chad Johnson. Dude, I'm back. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I talked so long. Dude, it's so good. No, this is great, man. Straight gold. We just, it, it would be the, it would be, if we just, 
if you and I really went where we wanted to go, it would be the it would be the two and a half hour podcast. Yeah. Um, but next time we're going to do it live. So you're going to come back. You're going to come to Iowa City. We're yeah. going to do it in studio. We're going to make you wear a gold Hawkeye shirt next time. And it's going to be it's going to be it will be straight gold. It'll be straight gold in gold, okay. Hawkeye gold in Iowa City, live and in studio. Uh, brother, dude, hey, thank you for being with us. Thank uh, you. If you're listening, we're, we're going to link Chad's social media handles in the show notes, some additional information on Maxwell Leadership. Some of you want to know, how do I find Chad? How do I engage with them? Chad and I are cooking something up uh, that we are we are wanting to give legs to. Uh, teaser. This teaser. fall, this fall, teaser, this fall. Still ironing out details, but um, but if you're an Iowa person, if you're an Eastern Iowa person, know that know that there's some potentially really special things coming to you uh, related to Maxwell leadership here in the next, uh, call it 10 or 12 months. So, um, Chad, more to come. Thanks for being here. Want to honor your time. God bless you, man. Uh, love you and, and just um, always always behind you and Emily, man. Thanks again. Love you too, bro. You and Ashley and the, the, whole, the whole growing family, man. Thankful. Be well, brother. All right, buddy. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. I want to say thanks also to John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make this episode go. If you enjoy listening to this show, if you're somebody who tunes in once in a while to our podcast, we'd love it if you'd officially subscribe so that we could move our mission of impact forward. This podcast is designed to help the leader go farther faster. We hope we've done that today. Be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.